Danny. Danny, thank you so much for having me back. And it's a joy to be back. And I believe you put a spell, a good spell, uh, on the journey of Boy Swallows Universe about two years ago. And um, I've never, ever forgotten uh, how kind and generous you were to have me on early on um, when Trent Dalton and the world of uh, literary fiction were, were pretty strange to each other. And uh, I was very touched that you took the time of day and I'm, and it's so cool that you took the time of day again. I feel like I'm part of the Words and Nerds family. You guys are so amazing and lovely and such a family of amazing literary lovers and creators and people who advocate. Oh, thanks so much for your questions engaging with the novel and for everything you're doing. I know the podcast is hugely, hugely loved, so um, you're a gem. I think it's awesome the work that you do you know, we're out there in this pool of, of like how many writers there are in this country and we're all trying to get our book to the surface. Podcasts like this enable us to do that and also to talk about our craft. Danny, you're a gift from heaven. I love that you're such a great supporter and advocate for not only kids' books but adult novels too. I love your interviews across the board. Kudos to you, Danny, for, uh, for getting everyone to relax so much that they open up and tell you such interesting things for the benefit of your listeners. So, well <laughs> Thanks, Jack. Yeah, well done. That's so true. Oh my gosh, I just told you all these things that I've never talked about before. I could never edit that bit out. I could do this. And I was just so comfortable that I was like, It's a special knack. Who wouldn't want to celebrate this fabulous podcast? listening to the Words and Nerds podcast. On this podcast, we chat about books, the writing process, and how literature has the power to change the world. I'm your host, Danny V, and today I welcome picture book authors Sarah Speedy, author of Mozzies vs. Flies, illustrated by Rebel Challenger, and Jacinta Froud, author of Jingly Belly, illustrated by Gabriella Petruso. We're also joined by Joe Glidden Baker, author of Get Out of My Tent, illustrated by Alexander Schmidt. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Hi. <laughs> it's so lovely to have you on our fellow picture book author so I want to talk about your beautiful new books that have come out very recently uh Sarah hit us with an elevator pitch for your book all right well in mozzies versus flies you have the flies that rule the day and the mozzies that rule the night but when there's a barbecue scheduled for 5 30 who is going to get the barbecue, the mozzies or the flies? It's mm, a great question, Sarah, and I love it. So, you know, when you were going into this, did you sort of pick a side, mozzies versus flies? Like, which would you prefer if it was a would you rather? Would you rather live in a house full of flies or a house full of mozzies? Well, I'm actually very lucky that mozzies tend to leave me alone. I'm oh. obviously um, So I don't mind me a mozzie buzzing <laughs> around too much, but... Um, yeah, but then flies aren't too bad either. But no, I'd have to be more mozzies, I think. Team mozzie. <laughs> Team mozzie. <laughs> I don't know. I can't decide. I can see that both in my house would be bad, especially <laughs> yeah. the, the mozzie buzzing around your head all night. Uh, but great idea. I love it. And it's so Aussie and it's so fun. And I just love the book and the illustrations are just absolutely beautiful. So we shall talk about this in depth and the process and how it all happened. But let's hear from Jacinta. Can you please give us an elevator pitch for Jingly Belly? Sure. Well, Eddie is a mischief making corgi. And on Christmas Eve, he snatches a Oh, a decoration from the tree and goes on a bit of a romp with the family chasing behind and um, he leaves a little 
present under the tree the next day. I won't I won't give away just what it is, but <laughs> I can I can probably guess. Um, I want to know all about your book. Give us an elevator pitch for Get Out of My Tent. Oh gosh. So basically it's uh the story of a child who loves his alone time he loves being by himself he's a friendly happy kid but um he just likes to be on his own sometimes he likes his downtime and um he also loves nature but unfortunately he's born and bred in the city so he doesn't get much of a chance but he goes on these family camping trips and his absolute favorite thing about these camping trips is his tent has his own space and he just loves everything about his tent uh but unfortunately so does everybody else and (laughs) when they're not having a great time in their tents they all end up in his tent and he has to come up with some way to get them out of there which he Mm -hmm. does i think quite well (laughs) (laughs) i think so too i love it but i love how these books are really focusing on chaos because that's really you know i love that when kids are picking up a, a book for joy and you know they're able to get carried away with these stories which are both really energetic um so, so sarah what did you or what do you want young readers to take away from your stories and this book particularly oh look i really just write to entertain i have to say it just comes from a, a place of wanting wanting to um to have kids laughing to um to enjoy reading to want to keep reading and read it again and read it again um, that is purely where I come from. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Yeah, and it's that bedtime, you know, when everyone's tired and you've, you know, cooked dinner and all that kind of stuff and you put the kids to bed. Who wants to read something didactic or something serious? You know, you just want to have a laugh, I reckon. Jacinta, what about you? What do you want young readers to take away from your stories and this picture book particularly? Well, I think a very similar to Sarah as well. I it doesn't, Jingle Belly doesn't really have a deep message um, embedded in the pages, but it's just a bit of a fun for fun sake book and it's Christmas themed and we, we all love Christmas, don't oh, we? We do, absolutely <laughs> we do. And I think we deserve a really joyous one this year after the last two years that we've had, which have had its challenges to say the least. Yeah. Now, what do you want young readers to take away from your story? Oh, I think... Um look not to get bogged down in morals or anything i want them to have fun um it's just a lovely fun light story but um i I guess on a deeper level it's it's okay to be yourself it's okay to be by yourself and always look for solutions always Mm. try and find ways of of you know turning things around and getting them back to the way you want them so that would be my yeah and i do love that the whole be yourself thing because when you're a kid and you're a teenager you're always trying to fit in and not be yourself and then you know, you go through life and there are some people who try and dull you down, whatever, and it's just so nice, that thing, just be yourself. And if when you be yourself, you'll find your tribe, right? Yeah, that's right, exactly. And it's, and it's also okay to be by yourself. It's also yeah. okay to have a alone time and, you know, take a deep breath, a deep breath and step, step back and kind of think, um, you know, I just need to recharge on my own and that's okay. We all need that time. Yeah, so, yeah. absolutely. I love that. Now, whenever I speak to authors, particularly about picture books, you know, we always go into a discussion about rhyme or prose and, you know, the, the, the limitations of rhyme, but then how humour can be found in rhyme and then how prose gives you freedom. So there's arguments to and fro from both. I want to hear about your relationship to rhyme and your story and how you ended up writing your story the way you did. Sarah, you start first. Okay. Um, well, I think writing in rhyme, writing picture books in rhyme just seems to come more naturally to me. It's not an easy process. 
and it did take a lot of studying to understand the meter side of things and it didn't just sort of happen overnight I um I put in a lot and lots and lots of hours into understanding that but um but it just it, it really just gives me a lot more pleasure to write um in rhyme and stories just seem to come that way well picture book stories um so I really just immediately break out into the rhyme and and start a story from there but obviously it takes quite a few times you have to go back and, and edit and self-edit over and over again to get it right so um yes but I love it and I think um it, it also brings a lot of joy to reading I think as well I think children at the other side really enjoy uh reading reading books in rhyme too yeah, I agree. I really enjoy writing mom because it's a it's it's a limitation, but it's also a challenge. And I also think you come up with things that you may not have come up with before because you're kind of forced to think or put words in a certain way so they fit with the meter and the rhyme. So, do you feel that humor comes from rhyme as well? Uh, yes. I mean, I've found I have not yet been able to write a, a successful. <laughs> prose story it just doesn't happen for me I don't find I can write humor in prose mm. I've written some more serious manuscripts in prose but um yeah rhyme rhyme just seems to fit humor perfectly yeah I totally agree with you yeah I think it's um I think it's amazing when someone is really humorous in a in a picture book and it's and it's prose I find that really amazing because I don't think I can do that <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> What's the trick? We need to know. I don't know. Maybe you just have to be really funny. I don't know. <laughs> uh, Jacinta, what is your relationship with rhyme and prose and what do you reckon? Um, I tend to write more in rhyme as well. I um, grew up loving like rap and hip hop. Oh, and cool. <laughs> I find, like, yeah, just that beat and that rhythm, it's such a great way um, to get kids reading and learning and the repetition and um, and the rhyming words just really help, I think, build that memory of words. And, and I often read with my children, and it might be a book we've never read before, but I'll read, you know, da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-
my karaoke go-to song is Gangster's Paradise. Oh, can you give us a bit? Through the valley of the shadow of death, I take a look at my life and realize there's nothing left. Cause I've been bratting and passing so long that even my mama thinks that my mind has gone. Seriously, (laughs) that was the best thing I've ever heard. I loved that so a lot. Got to emulate that into, into picture book form. Oh my god, I love it! I love how you're now. Now I'm going to read your picture books a little bit differently. I'm going to read them with a bit of a hip hop vibe. I love. Um, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of Big Block Sing Song. Oh, they're great. They kids kids songs, but um, oh. really funky, really funky rhymes and clever That's words. Cool. And, hmm. That's really cool. Um, Sarah, do you have a do you have a go to um, karaoke song? No, but I also really loved rap growing up. I think my first rap concert was um, probably Run DMC when I was a kid. I remember. This is I really had- cool. <laughs> I've never guessed this about you, ladies. Let's. I love this so much. So yeah, I was a huge Run DMC and Eminem. Um, oh, salt and Pepper. You just reminded oh, me. Oh, Salt and Pepper. He's here. <laughs> Showing our age, just in dark. <laughs> Sarah, are you going to give us a bit of a rap too, like Jacinta? Are you, are you out? Uh, oh, I won't. <laughs> I won't go down that. It's a shame. <laughs> it's really interesting though, because it's funny where these things derive. You know where these things come from, and it's obviously come from your appreciation and love of this, you know, genre of music, which I think is really cool because it does have that meter and pattern and that rhyme. Like a picture book does. I think that's very cool. So I think we should do like a reading of you guys wrapping your books. Yeah, Cardi B. (laughs) Someone can be on the beatbox (laughs) and you can wrap your book. Don't have to throw in any swear words or anything along the way. (laughs) Just a few beeps. Danny Danny can bleep them out. (laughs) I can. I can. In the editing, I can. (laughs) This is funny. I love this. Now, I, I love the illustrations of of both the books. I just think they're really beautiful. They I love how illustrations add like another layer to the story. So you've got the main story, but then you've got the addition of the illustrations. And you know, when my daughter was really young in in prep, she would read the pictures from the picture books. You know, when she couldn't read yet. So I love that there's these sort of parallel stories that come together. And I want to know, um, you know, what was the relationship with the illustrator or how did that, you know, happen for you? And what did you think from your imagination of when you wrote it? So then when you see these beautiful illustrations, you know, what was the process and what was the thought process? Um, Jacinta, we'll start with you this time. Yeah, sure. I It was really interesting because um, I only had one little illustration note um, that I, um, when Eddie ends up at the vet, um, I'd wanted to see like sort of an x-ray in the background so you've got an idea of, okay, what's he actually going to the vet for? Oh, to see that there's something inside. Um, That was really the only illustration note I put in and I loved that Gabriella made the vet a female. I was like, yes. (laughs) I just really liked liked that. Um, But that was it. And Gabriella just, she just obviously got the story and just understood it perfectly. And there were really... There were hardly any changes from the pencil, the first pencil sketches. I just, I just loved it. I loved the character. I got a, I got a little early on a little picture of, you know, maybe oh, there was probably ten or fifteen different corgis, um, and we sort of settled on a bit of a mismatch, a bit of a mashup of a couple of them. Um, yeah, and then from there she just came up with this awesome 
story behind behind the um, text, which was amazing. Mm, I love that. I love the surprises that you get. And Gabriella is just, she's amazing at what she does. She is. And there was only one little change. Um, because Gabriella is based in the UK, a lot of the uh, initial sketches were um, Christmas outfits that you'd wear in a, co- in a colder climate. Ah, um, interesting. Yeah, so beanies and scarves and things, which <laughs> look amazing. And I was like, oh, just being in Australia maybe, um, even well, though it's been freezing cold the last few winters (laughs) we're still wearing we're still wearing shorts you know (laughs) exactly yeah so there's a few we just dropped a few beanies and scarves off (laughs) (laughs) I love that's very cute I love how you know it's so contextual you know she's drawing these things because that's what her context is that "Mm, it's not going to work for our 30 degree summers in the pool I love that (laughs) yeah yeah. Yeah. kind of a bit of a trade-off met in the middle (laughs) (laughs) And uh, Sarah, I love Mozzieverse Flies. I just feel the the illustrations are just incredible. Tell us about, you know, your experience and your journey with yellows. Uh, I was absolutely blown away um, seeing the illustrations that Rebel has has done. Um, I mean, how do you manage to make mosquitoes and flies look cute and endearing? (laughs) Yeah, that's true. (laughs) And she has managed to make them these really sort of lovable creatures um and each page is just full of so much energy and um you really feel like you're in there buzzing around with them um experiencing their journey um i remember when they first got sent through um and i received the email initially i just ran straight and put them up on the big television screen at home (laughs) made the whole family sit around and i just had tears in my eyes it was just amazing so yes i was very very lucky um that rebel (laughs) was selected to to illustrate it and she's just amazing yeah she does an incredible job with her illustrations and you're right it has so much energy i totally agree and that's what your images do so much energy it's it's yeah it's really cool i love your illustrations i just think they're so beautiful i think alexandra did such a beautiful job what was your experience with getting the illustrations back i mean you've got this story in your head you've probably thought about how it should look and then you see the illustrations and you you know you comment on them mary sends you them and she goes oh surprise i got a surprise for you today and you open them up what was your experience i could not have dreamt of anything better to be honest like she really just made it come alive for me and in ways that i would never have thought of so to say i had it in my head i i I guess i kind of did but nowhere to the extent that she was able to bring it to life and um the ideas at the beginning of the book where um archie's in the city and it's all miserable and gray but he's in his imagination he's thinking of nature and those bits are nice and colorful and i just yeah it just blew me away um and when they first sent me sample or they sent me her Instagram and said you know have a look see what you think I just fell in love with her Mm. illustrations I mean she's so so talented and I thought well they're going to lend themselves really well to the story because she does a lot of things in nature and they're bold and they're beautiful and they're bright um and so you know with the, the, him stepping into nature, his place that he loves, I just thought, yeah, she'll bring it to life so beautifully. So, yeah, yeah. I was so thrilled. Yeah, she's yeah. the front cover's just beautiful. I really, really oh, like yeah. it. It's absolutely gorgeous. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Uh, let's go down a little bit of a, a tricky path now because different people take feedback differently and sometimes feedback can be quite tough. You know, I've gone through editing sessions where I've pretty much gutted half the thing I wrote <laughs> and then you go back and it's always better. And, you know, there's, it's always, you know, from my experience, they're usually always right. But 
it can be hard. You've sort of got to put your, your ego at the door, your fr fragile self at the door, and you've got to go in and go, okay, this is about the work. This is not about me, but it can be a tough, a tough experience as well. Sarah, tell us about um, feedback. Well, uh, with mozzies versus flies, actually, it was actually a very smooth sailing. Um, I don't think there was more than a couple of words changed from submission to um, to coming out. So it was, um, but it, by the same token, if there were big changes required, and as you said, initially, um, you know, I'm sure it would hit you over the head and you sort of you, you could quite easily take it on board and take it personally. But as you said, you do have to, leave your ego at the door um, and realise that you're, um, well, I, I'm the, the novice I've got <laughs> and I'm, I'm dealing with experts here who know exactly what they're doing and they know how to bring the best out of a book and um, the end result really shows that. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What, what about you, Jacinta? So I went through a lot of uh, iterations. I run up through my very highly critical children and husband first. <laughs> I love that. Um, and they, they tell me exactly what's wrong with it. Yep. My son actually said, Mom, I don't think they're going to publish that. It's, it's too gross. <laughs> um, so I get to say yes. Um, and, then, and then I'll share it with my critique group and I've got a couple of different critique groups and get their feedback. Um, I would usually get a rhyme and meter assessment um, done as well. Yeah, and then... And then before that's probably before it even goes anywhere and and then sending it out but I was quite similar to Sarah as well there weren't too many changes from the start there were a few words here and there he wasn't sure about the word bauble but I fought for that one because I thought there's no better word than bauble um, <laughs> you gotta know which hill to die on <laughs> exactly yeah what was your experience of taking on feedback and then going away and then fixing it what was your experience and, and feelings um, towards the I, feedback I guess I I kind of knew it needed it even when I sent it in I kind of I knew it wasn't quite finished and it needed polishing and I kind of was a little bit reluctant in the beginning to send it off because I thought you know it's not done and is that a really big mistake to send it in to someone when it when I know that it needs more work and but I was sort of at a stalemate and I couldn't really get to a place where I could polish it myself and my experience was that I, I read it to a group of students at school and they thought it was hilarious in its you know first state um so I thought well and this I'd had sitting on my desktop on my computer for I'm going to actually say years, a couple of years, <laughs> and I um, hadn't revisited it until we were doing rhyme in the classroom and I read it to my students and, um, yeah, they just fell about laughing. Everyone loves a good fart joke. So that's when I sent it off. And so then when um, Rory came on board and helped fine-tune and edit and uh, he's just amazing and he was so lovely and um, he really brought the best out of, you know, out of it as well, but he was really open to me coming up with lines and, and change, you know, with new things needed changing, but he was really, um, yeah, open for me, for me to come up with those changes as well. So mm. I really felt like it was a great collaboration. I didn't feel as though I was sort of being, you know, smacked over the back of the hand with a ruler <laughs> or anything like that. Um, so, yeah, it was a really good experience actually. So, yeah, and, and we came out with the best possible stories. Sometimes you just write these stories and go, please, someone publish it, please, please, please. But if you put your publishing hat on a little bit, you think, oh, actually there is another side to it. And mm still is a somebody's business well what what uh, publishers are looking for to make something a commer commercially viable 
So we might love a story and we might think it's amazing and it's beautifully written, but um, but it needs to be viable for the business. I want to know, this seemed like, you know, fairly straightforward process for both of you. You know, you did the assessment and you got a lot of feedback, but once you sort of put it in, there was little changes, etc. How have you gone from there, from that place into writing new things? Like what has been your your processes or your challenges from um, from writing anything after these books? I do. I write a lot. I try to write a new story a week mm-hmm. um, and then and then it goes through all the processes of um, critique group and, and sharing with different people. But I've made some really great connections. Um, I'll often send, might send Sarah a manuscript or Rory or Atkins, which is lovely. It's a really nice community. So what is your brand, Sarah? Obviously it's got to be a little bit like the publisher, but what do you see as being the brand of Sarah Speedy? Uh, well, I have to say that currently my brand definitely is just right. I, I love to write fairly high energy, fun stories. Um, as you said, very rarely, I'm sometimes maybe some sort of a, a theme or a moral might be in there. I mean, there is a slight one in Mozzies versus Flies about teamwork and working together um, that sort of comes in at the end. But um but really it is just some sort of I love writing fun, high-energy stories that really chaos and, um, and silliness. Mm, that definitely, yeah, yeah, I think it's different. I think it's, it's not leading with that theme. You know, I had this conversation with an author the other day and I said, it's okay for the theme to be in there, but you're not leading with it. If, it. if it happens to be in there because it lends itself to the story, fantastic, but you're leading with the fun and the joy of reading, which... You know, that's how you're going to get more readers to pick up books, isn't it? By giving them joy and fun and making it a fun experience. Because we are, we're competing with screens and Xboxes and iPhones and iPads and all the I, other things and Minecraft. Like, we're, books are competing with those things. So if books aren't going to be fun, you know, you've lost, you've lost the battle. Exactly. And, I mean, I recall, you know, with great fondness, most of the book, books that my kids and I read when they were growing up were all fun, silly, enjoyable, laugh along. They were always the ones that they picked up and wanted mm. to read read. Um, not the serious sort of ones teaching them morals and things. <laughs> not just before bed. Come on. <laughs> I'm tired. I don't want to talk about those things. <laughs> just into what is your brand? I'm a little bit similar to Sarah. Books that are fun, but I've got sort of a bit of a cheeky slash naughtiness maybe to my stories. Unfortunately, quite a few of the recent stories feature poo, and that is just a fluke. It's not something I really enjoy writing about. And I actually would never have chosen those books for my own children, the fart and the poo stories, but they somehow just keep sneaking in. Um, <laughs> but in a subtle way, I think it's not, it's not over the top in your face sort of, yeah, grossness. Um, but I think definitely um, appealing to those reluctant readers, as you said, and writing books that I would have loved to read when I was in school, because I did like to be, I was a goody goody, but I liked to think I was, you know, a bit cheeky and a bit naughty. So <laughs> I can never see you as a goody goody Jacinta. It's not, it's not computing into my brain. Straight <laughs> A's all the way. So. <laughs> you rapping. I don't believe you are goody two shoes. Never leave that for a second. <laughs> now, Joe, what is your brand? Yeah, um, that's a difficult one because I love a whimsical story. I love a rhyme. I love humour. And I see that the way that the, the little kids respond and a lot of my experience working in education has been with the little ones in particular. Um, 
and it's just the joy you know that comes from a from a funny great well-told story um <clears throat> you know you can't you can't go past that but having said that I now work with older kids and so my first picture book that came out um a couple of or last year was uh it's called Petrichor the smell of rain and it's actually a more sort of it's targeted at older you know sort of maybe upper primary early secondary and so uh, that deals with you know drought a, a drought affected family and um, you know, themes of hope and those sorts of things. So I, I'm not sure I've really found a brand as such. Um, my main inspiration is from the kids that I work with and they're hilarious, you know, <laughs> and <laughs> and I think uh, one of the, I think Sarah was mentioning, you know, to find a publisher that's willing to take a risk on a rhyming story because they, you know, they're just not out there. Publishers are like, oh, no, it rhymes because I know they don't translate well and all of those sorts of things. And, it, and it's tough to get a really good rhyme as well um, and they don't want to take that risk and that's fair enough. But I think once you've been in a classroom and you've seen kids respond mm. to the rhymes mm. and to the humour, I mean, at the base of it, kids are, they're just, they love humour. They love a good laugh and, they, and they, yeah, they respond so well. Because I feel it's something I, I can really relate to. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, I love that. And it is it's all about story, isn't it? Being drawn to story and yeah. if it happens to be funny or whimsical or humorous or with heart, whatever. Yeah, if they can see themselves in it too, yeah, that's, that's really, it's it's relatable for the kids and so um, they, they see themselves, they see their world in it yeah, and that's really I love that. I mean, mozzies and flies have ruined every barbecue we've ever had, you know, like Absolutely. very relatable. <laughs> well, it's funny actually, before I came on, um, I'm sitting out, out the front of my house because it's only, you know, about 4.30 or something. You're in here. WA, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we're sort of in that twilight zone where we're going from the fly. The flies were buzzing around just before I got on. And I thought, uh-oh, <laughs> uh -oh, you know, where are the mozzies? Like, it's time for the battle. <laughs> yeah. I love the mozzies and flies. I love it. Very Australian. <laughs> Got to love that too. Yeah. yeah, that's right. And that's that's a really lovely thing too, to see some Aussie stories, you know, told well, um, there's not there's not enough of them and I think it's really great that they're, they're getting out there it's absolutely really <laughs> well thank you so much for your time I just love you know the way you write and when you say books with energy books for joy books for fun books for those kids who may not pick up books usually like that is very close to my heart as well so I love you know the the, the intention of your writing and your books as well so thank you so much for sharing some time with me tonight these beautiful books coming out well they're out now ready to read ready to bring joy to the world so thank you so much for giving me your time tonight to have a chat thank, thank you for having me thank you very it was great having a chat with you danny thanks so much Thank you for listening to the Words and Nerds podcast. We'd love to engage with you on social media. You can find the podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, Danny B Books, Words and Nerds podcast. You can also subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. Stay safe and read more books.